Hey everybody, it's Della from Discovering Your Inner Truth, the podcast that shows you how to find your truth without getting stuck in the pain. Have a question you'd like to ask me on a future episode? Click the link in the show notes to send me a message. Now, let's get on with today's episode. It's Della from Discovering Your Inner Truth, the podcast that shows you how to find your truth without getting stuck in the pain. Have a question you'd like to ask me on a future episode? Click the link in the show notes to send me a message. Now, let's get on with today's episode. It's Della. Welcome to or welcome back to Discovering Your Inner Truth. I hope you're having a good week so far. I wanted to talk today about the stories that we make up in our minds about all the things that go on in our lives. It's one of my favorite things to talk about because the stories are just sort of a normal part of the human experience. The mind does it. We don't totally pay a whole lot of attention to it. We don't really try to control it either. So we make up these stories about what's going on and why it's happening. The stories are a form of protection for your mind. They're trying, it's trying to protect you from the pain, right? So we're not villainizing anybody here. The, The mind isn't out to get you. The mind is doing what it thinks is its job, which is to protect you from pain. So what we have to remember is the mind doesn't have any awareness of of future. It only knows past and present. It only knows up to this very second of your experience what's going to happen, right? It doesn't know anything beyond the right now. (laughs) So what it does is to try to keep you safe, it will project a lot of pain and trauma into your future. Because that way, if you just simply expect more pain or more of the same, then it won't hurt so much. It won't be so bad. You'll be okay that way, right? The other thing that the mind tends to do with it is because it doesn't know the future, it tends to want to stay in the past. So if you think of of, of the next second is kind of a, like a little cliff that you have to jump off of. So every second you're sort of taking this step into the unknown. The mind tends to want to stay back from that. If you think of that every new second as a cliff, then the mind tends to want to stay back from that, right? So it wants to stay like 10 steps or five steps behind that. So what it does is it keeps you in the past because that keeps you back off the cliff of the unknown future it keeps you back off of this impending doom of what might happen five minutes from now, right? The mind does it intentionally, right? It's not, it's not out to get you at all. The mind does this intentionally because it's trying to protect you from pain. So what the mind will do is use these stories to get you to sort of collect all the pain in one spot. And so you end up with sort of this giant snowball of pain that you carry around with you in somewhere in your body, right? So pain, all emotion really, is energetic, right? 
And so what I see as an energy healer is the energy is just this giant ball of goo. Like it's just an energetic snowball, literally. But it's more like yarn because it's all twisted. It's all wound together. And each strand in that ball of yarn is a different experience that the mind twisted in there. And some of it's knotted together and it's all over the place. And it's just sort of, it's there. It's this big ball of goo. And depending on, on, on whether you, you're biologically considered male or female, you're going to hold that in different places in your body. So if you're biologically female, you're probably holding it in your reproductive organs and, and in, your, in your uterus or, or your ovaries. And so that means you're having menstrual issues all the time you're, you're, or you're in your tummy. So you have digestive problems and that kind of thing. Um, if you're biologically male, you're probably holding that um, in your back, sometimes in your belly, on your shoulders. That, that's where um, biologically male people tend to carry their trauma. So gender is irrelevant. So it's that idea. Okay. So what happens is we carry that big ball of goo around. And of course it makes us feel like crap. It eventually it manifests in the physical form and we get, we get sick from it. That's, that's what happens when you, when you carry large quantities of trauma around in a big giant snowball and a big ball of yarn, you're going to get sick. It's just a matter of time. And it happens pretty frequently. So the reason why the mind wants to tell the stories is because it wants you to clump everything together. That's a form of protection. Instead of just taking on new trauma, it's just more of the same. And that actually makes it easier for you to manage, right? Because now you start to expect it. Right? So I, I've been in pain before, so I'm going to be in pain again, right? the mind starts to expect it. Like there's going to be pain in the future, but it's just going to be more of what I already know. So therefore I'm just going to clump it all together over here and stick it in the corner. And the mind does this. Have you ever, you get into these, these are what we call the patterns and habits, right? These are the experiences we keep, we keep having the same experience over and over again, right? Every relationship we get into creates the same type of trauma, right? Same shit, different pile, right? You get the same type of trauma over and over and over and over again. It keeps happening and happening and happening, right? Well, there's a reason for that. But what the mind is going to do with that, outside of the reason for it, what the mind does with that is it just learns to expect it. And so it just gathers it all up and makes it one big thing instead of a whole bunch of little things. A whole bunch of little things would be overwhelming. But one big thing totally manageable. This is how the mind sees it. And this is what the mind does with it. When you start to talk about it this way, it seems a little cuckoo, doesn't it? it it's, it's a little crazy. It, it makes sense in some ways. And in other ways, you just kind of look around and go, what the heck is going on? It's a self-protection mechanism. The mind is not out to get you in any way, shape or form. It's actually trying to protect you. The mind is doing what it thinks it needs to do to keep you safe. And what it's trying to actually do is protect you from more pain by making you expect that you're just going to experience the same pain you've already experienced, that's protection. That's its form of protection. It doesn't work. <laughs> it never works. That doesn't, it doesn't help, does it? That, that's not, it's not helpful at all, but that's what the mind wants to do. So 
what I've done over time is I've come up with this idea that there are four, four general types of stories, and I talk about these ones all the time, blame, shame, guilt, and victimization. So sort of four types of stories that we're more, most prone to telling. So let's talk about them individually just for a second. So the first one is, is blame. So blame says, you did that to me, right? So blame, immediately what happens, the, the second you say, you did that to me, you put your power outside of you. You take your power away and you put it over there. And actually you throw it like a snowball at the other person for doing whatever it was that they did to you. You toss your power in their face. You use it as a weapon. Your fault this happened. Okay, so that's the weapon right there. So what the mind will do with blame is it no longer takes responsibility for the story that it's telling. So you have this story of drama that you're telling, right? And it's very colorful and there's all kinds of, all kinds of wonderful emotion in there and all the things are going on, right? You, you got this wonderful, wonderful story, this wonderful tale of trial and tribulation happening and you're blaming the other person for it. So what's happening is the mind is now a runaway train because you've made those thoughts and feelings the responsibility of the other person. Because what we often hear ourselves saying is, I wouldn't have to do this if it wasn't for X. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for X. I wouldn't be telling that story if it wasn't for X. So it pitches everything outside of you. It says, I don't have to take control over this. This is somebody else's responsibility. I feel this way because of them. It's their fault I'm thinking these thoughts. It's their fault I'm having this experience. It's all theirs. So it relies completely on the other person changing something. Right? And so when nothing changes, which is likely, when nothing changes, and the person doesn't apologize for whatever it was they did or didn't do, then immediately now you're stuck. You can't go anywhere. There's nothing you can do with that. Because if the other person is unwilling to accept fault or accept blame, then you're, you're done because you you've pitched control outside of yourself. So what are you going to do with that? Well, you can't. You can't. So then the story becomes, now I have to stay in the experience. Now I have to stay in pain. Now I have to keep thinking these thoughts for the rest of my life because this person is unwilling to take blame for whatever it was they did or didn't do. That becomes your story. That's blame. Okay. So shame. Shame actually buries your power in you. It's like a dog burying a bone in the backyard. Shame buries your power within you. And it implies, shame implies that you coulda, woulda, shoulda done something differently. Or that you screwed up in some way. Okay? Shame is kind of a, an internalized blame, right? It, it's, it, it's not projected. Right? So we're not tossing our power out there, but what we're doing is we're actually burying it in ourselves somewhere <laughs> to find later. Right? 
and it causes an argument and it helps you continue to get stuck and spin in the story because in order to fix it, you actually would have to go back and change the past. And of course, you don't have a time machine. That's not a thing. So you can't actually go back and change anything or do anything differently. So it causes you to argue with the past, which you have no control over and you can't change. So it causes you then from that, then you bury your, your power deeper inside of you and it keeps you stuck because once you bury your power, now you're basically powerless and it doesn't give you the ability to get out of that story. And then shame becomes the story you tell about your life. Okay. So guilt, again, it's this idea that I did something wrong. I feel guilty for doing blah, right? Guilt can also be projected, right? They are guilty of doing blah, right? Guilt can be projected and guilt can be internalized. Guilt goes both ways. So it depends on what you're doing, right? Guilt that's internalized is going to cause you to bury your power, just like shame will. Guilt that is projected out, much like shame, is going to cause you to toss your power away outside of yourself. Okay. Again, it's going to imply a lack of responsibility, right? I can't take control because I'm guilty. I can't take control because I feel ashamed of what I did, right? Same, same concept, same idea. I can't take control. I'm going to bury everything inside of me, right? And I'm stuck. And that spins the story, right? If I throw it outside of me, then it becomes like shame. Then it becomes like blame. And it's your fault I did this thing, right? It's your fault I feel guilty. It's your fault or it's your, you, your fault you did this and you need to take control. So again, we're waiting for somebody else to accept guilt or accept blame. Same thing. You're going to get stuck in the story. You argue with it because you don't have any control over it. And you can't go back. You don't have the time machine. So you're going to argue with it every time. Okay. So victimization says, they did that to me. I didn't deserve this. This isn't my fault, right? Victimization also puts control outside of you. You toss your control out there, right? It doesn't allow you to own your own thoughts and feelings ever, right? Victimization is one of those things where when something happens to us, it's, it's a phase. We, we, we go through it in a traumatic experience. We'll often go through this, but the, the deal is, is we should go through it, not unpack and live here. Victimization is, is, is okay as a temporary phase when you're dealing with trauma. Victimization as a long-term way of life is going to get you into trouble. <laughs> and that's the difference. Okay. So it, it's okay when you first start to process what's going, what's gone on to be in that sort of, they did that to me thing, right? That, that's actually part of the process. You, you need it. Okay. And that, that, this is the difference between victimization and the other three. You don't need blame, shame, and guilt, but victimization is a likely, a likely pass through point. It's a likely point of, uh, point of transition. Because at the beginning, especially if things are overwhelming to you, 
tossing some of that control and putting it outside of yourself is a necessary, can be a necessary protection mechanism for you. You might need it a little bit for a while, but again, it should be temporary. Okay. Shouldn't be a permanent place to hang out. We don't unpack and live here. Right. So at some point in the process, you have to take control back. You can't stay in. You did that to me because you're going to stay stuck. It puts everything outside of you. It pitches the whole thing outside of you. And then you argue with it because you don't have control over it because it's outside of you. Right. It makes the external world responsible for how you think and feel. All three out of the four of these do that. They make the external world responsible for how you think and feel because you're constantly just reacting to what's going on around you, never really taking control over your own thoughts and feelings. So all four of these stories are going to keep you stuck in some way. So when you argue with your past experience and you say it shouldn't have happened, right? then you haven't accepted it yet. So now you take the past experience and and it's like you pick something up at a garage sale or you bought something at the store and it's kind of like buyer's remorse. <laughs> you buy this thing and you take it home and you're, you, you're looking at it and you're kind of mad at yourself for buying it. So you put it on the table and you leave it there. But you don't return it. So you hang on to it. And every day you walk by it and it sits on the table and you don't do anything about it. You don't put it away. You don't give it away. You don't give it away as a gift. You don't, you don't hide it in a box somewhere. You just leave it there to walk by every day. And every time you walk by it, you get pissed off at it because you're mad at yourself for buying it. And we do this with our past experience. This is what we do to ourselves with our past. When we're feeling that sense of blame or victimization, when we're feeling that sense, even shame and guilt to some degree, we take this previous experience that we had, doesn't matter what it is, we put it over here, (laughs) and we put it in a place where we're going to trip over it every single day, and then we get mad that it's there. And we don't put it away, we don't put it up on the shelf, we don't put it away, We just get mad that it's there. And the thing that happens is when you're mad that something is there all the time, if you had something in your home that you were mad at all the time, a physical object, not another human being, a physical object that you were mad at all the time, and you didn't do anything about that thing, what would you be doing in your head? What's the story that you would be telling? You would be telling the story about how that object is a big dust collector and it gets in your way and it's too big and it's ugly and blah, 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 blah. Right? You go down the path. Well, guess what you do with past? Guess what you do with your past? You tell these stories about the past that shouldn't have happened but did anyway. But instead of just putting it away and being like, yep, okay, that happened, the end. Instead of just saying, you know what, I bought this thing and it's ugly and I don't really like it, so let's have a garage sale. Instead of just doing that, you stay in this place of arguing with it, of being mad at it. 
And then you make up stories about it. And then you wonder why you don't feel good. Well, the thing is, is people don't pay enough attention to what's going on in their minds. They don't recognize what they're doing to themselves in their heads. You're not paying attention. That's why your mind can get away with that kind of crap. It's because you're not paying attention. You're letting the mind. It becomes a runaway train. You go down the rabbit hole. But you allow it. None of us as kids likely were taught that we had control over our minds. Very likely, none of us were taught that we had control over our minds. And so that means that what you got taught was that the voice in your head and your mind were you and that you didn't have control over that, that it was just something that was going to happen. And that's not true. You can actually tell the mind to take a hike. You can actually tell the mind, tell that voice in your head to go take a long walk off a short pier. It's okay to do that. I actually want you to do that. To stop the mind from going down the runaway train. To stop the mind from being out of control and making up crap. If you could recognize the story anywhere along the way and stop yourself. It doesn't matter whether you do it in the first five minutes or whether you do it after five days. It, it really doesn't matter. If you can stop the story and look at it, look what the mind is doing with that story. So number one, it tangled it up with all your other previous trauma, right? So it added to the big ball of goo you carry around with you. And we all have one of these big balls of goo, by the way, you're not special. We all have it. So you tangled up in all the big mess you got, you carry around with you all the time. And then it's on, it's on repeat on spin cycle in your head and you can't stop thinking about it you're replaying it over and over and over and over and over and over again in your mind your mind in doing that is actually trying to protect you I know that sounds weird but it's trying to protect you because it actually doesn't want you to dig in deeper than the superficial story that it's telling. The color and the drama and the extra emotions that the mind generates from all of this help to keep you, at least in your mind's eye, it helps to keep you safe. It protects you. It protects you from more pain. Because if you heal and release the pain, the mind doesn't know that, especially if you've never ever done that before. If you've, if you've held on to everything that's ever happened to you your entire life and you've never actually healed anything before, then trying to heal becomes a giant unknown. 
and the mind will have fits, literal fits. If the first time you try to heal, <laughs> I remember when I started healing, right? One thing would take months because the mind was having fits. What happens when we get stuck in stories is it creates an identification. We identify with it. The ego identifies with it. We become it in a way. We wear it like a costume. It's more like a Halloween costume that we wear. We start to wear the pain. That identification is the protection, right? So when you wear all your pain like a giant costume, you're wearing it like padding. You wear it like hockey gear or football padding. Like you wear it. And it's the goal is that it's supposed to protect you from more pain, right? You get this big thick skin, we call it, right? People have a thick skin. We, that's what we tend to call it. So you wear that. Now you've identified with it. You, you are this big, thick skin. You are all of this padding. Well, no, you're not actually, right? But because you've identified with it, the minute you tried to heal, it's like ripping off some of this padding. It's kind of band-aid pulling type style of, of, of healing that you have to do. You sort of pull this identity away from yourself and go, I'm not that. And the mind goes nuts. Because the mind has fully identified with that pain. And it doesn't know who it is without that pain. So there's that unknown again. Now the, un now the unknown future is I don't know who I am. So the reality is you're you without all the pain and padding. <laughs> right? But the mind doesn't really see it that way. It doesn't recognize it because it's so identified with the pain that it can't see that it can actually become more of itself, not less, by healing. Right? So it takes a while to get to that place where you're like, I understand now that when I dig through all of this padding, this costume that I wear, as I work through that and begin to peel it off, eventually you get to a place where you understand that you're actually revealing more of you and not actually burying yourself. That takes a bit and you have to do it a few times, right? Because what happens is the mind needs the previous experience to know that it'll be okay in, in that experience, right? So, so if you're me and you've, you know, done this a few thousand times, the mind isn't bothered anymore because I've done it so many times now that the mind doesn't care, right? We just do it. So I don't, I don't get stuck in it anymore. I don't, I don't go through that. But those first few times, it took months to heal things because the mind really doesn't have the experience of it's okay to peel off these layers. The mind hadn't had enough experience doing that yet to know that it was safe. So after you do it a few dozen times, the mind goes, oh, this isn't so bad. I can handle this and allows it. And then it gets easier and you actually start to be able to heal a little faster. 
if you don't get caught in your head, if you don't get caught in the stories, if you can stay out of the blame, shame, guilt, and victimization, right? So remember, when I talk about trauma, I'm always talking about old stuff. I'm always talking about things that happened 20 years ago. I'm not talking about stuff that happened yesterday, right? So the goal is you have to process the old stuff, right? So the old stuff, if you haven't dealt with it yet, as I like to say, if you haven't cried it out yet, then you need to cry it out first, right? And it's that cry it out process that sometimes will bring on the victimization, and that's okay, but it needs to be temporary, right? We don't stay there. So get okay with crying it out, allow the victimization temporarily, and then move through, right? So I work from a place where I assume that you've cried it out, and that the stuff is old, and that the ways we typically get taught to heal don't really work because they keep you stuck in your head because what most people don't teach you is to get control over your thinking, to get control over what the mind is doing, right? It's not so much your experience and what's happened to you, but what you're doing with it in your head that causes you the problem. And part of the problem is the stories that you tell of blame, shame, guilt, and victimization. Those are the things that keep you stuck. Those are the things that get you into trouble. So when you learn to tell different stories, and when you stop telling stories of blame, shame, guilt, and victimization, and when you go looking for truth of the experience, then you don't have to be so bothered by everything. The mind doesn't have anything to latch onto and keep spinning around in your head for weeks on end because you've taken away all of the things that it would normally spin on repeat. When you're not telling stories, then it takes away all of the stuff that would normally be on repeat. So what's truth then if we're telling stories? What's true? So the truth is not the drama. It's not the story. It's, it's, it's not, it's actually not even the pain that you feel. The pain that you feel gets created from perception, from what you think of what happened, right? So that's why you feel pain. It's created from perception. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it is what it is. It's part of the human experience. Totally normal thing. We all do it. I do it. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. The pain is just created from perception though. Right? So it's created from what you think of what happened to you. It's, it's created from your judgment of what happened to you is right, wrong, good or bad. Everybody does that. It's normal human thing. Nothing wrong. Okay. But the pain isn't true. Because the pain is based on judgment. Right? And human judgment is faulty from right from the start. Human judgment is typically faulty. So the pain isn't true. So then, well, what's true? When you look at an experience, any experience, hopefully something that's happened a long time ago, if you were to take out your judgment of it as right or wrong, good or bad, if you were to take out all of the additional emotion that you threw into it, all of the pain, all of the old trauma, all of the extra stuff, if you were to take away the story, if you were to filter out other people's pain, whoever else was involved in the scenario, if you were to take all of that out and just look at 
what was said or done without any of the drama, any of the emotion, any of the pain, any of the stuff. And it was literally just words and actions with nothing else, no color at all. What's left? The truth in most scenarios is just that people are throwing pain at each other for different reasons. And they're unable to manage their own pain and understand why they're having trouble. They're unable to process their own experience in a way that allows them to not throw pain at other people. That's why most things happen. That's why humans bounce off of each other. We are unable or we haven't yet processed our trauma in a way that allows us to not project it. When we get quote unquote triggered by different things. This is where we start to talk about learning to respond versus react because the difference between respond and react, respond means you're no longer triggered and you're no longer haphazardly throwing your pain around. You're getting a thought and a breath in before doing or saying anything or even feeling anything. Reaction is the button gets pushed and I spew whatever. <laughs> okay, that's reaction. Reaction means I haven't processed trauma yet. So when you learn to control the mind and the stories and you begin to heal, then what that leads you to be able to do is recognize when you get triggered. So even if you're not able to do it in the moment, if you can recognize that you're triggered, that you got triggered and that you reacted and you spewed your own pain, then you have the ability to look at that or look back at your old trauma and you have the ability to say, what was that? Not what did the other person do to me, but what was that? What was I throwing right there? Where did the pain come from? It didn't come from the other person. Where did the pain come from you and your body? What was that? What was the memory? What was the trigger? What was the old pain? Where the find the ball of goo? Where was the original thing? Because that's what's going to be tied, get tied into all of this is all of that old original stuff. It's all of the old pain. It gets tied in there. If you can recognize it, you can actually stop yourself from adding more to that ball of goo. So when something new happens, if you recognize that, oh, we're going to repeat the cycle here, we're going to add this to this old ball of goo. Now I have the ability to say, uh, -uh we don't need to do that. I can heal this and let it go. And I don't even have to add it in. It doesn't have to become part of the collection. You can actually take control. This is also how you would unwind the ball of goo. Every time something new 
is triggered or every time a cycle repeats, every time something happens, every time you find yourself in a pattern and you break the pattern, it stops you from adding it to your collection. And you begin to unwind. The reason why you can't heal the original trauma yet is because you keep adding crap to it. Your mind is actually just protecting it. It's intentional because it's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to protect you from pain. But that's why you can't heal the original trauma. Because it's so tied in there that there's no way for you to do that from where you are. The reason why you're caught in your original trauma, whatever that was, whether it was one big event or a hundred small things, doesn't matter. The reason why you can't heal that, though, is because you still live from it. And when I say you still live from it, what I mean is you're still holding on to, you've attached 500 other things to it now. You have all kinds of patterns and habits that you created to learn to cope with the old trauma. You're still telling stories about it. There's still blame, shame, guilt, and victimization in there. You haven't yet dealt with all of that stuff. So there's no way for you to let go of the original trauma. That's why we say healing is like an onion. And all the layers is because that ball of yarn has all kinds of layers. So every time you uncover a new layer, you're getting closer to the original trauma. And here's the cool part. If you finally do manage to get through all of those layers, all of those things, and you get to the original trauma, you know what happens to the original trauma? It just goes, it floats away. Like a balloon, like a, like a helium balloon that isn't tied down. Because there's no longer anything to attach to it. There's no longer anything holding it there. You've healed all of the patterns and habits. You've uncovered all of the layers. You've removed all of the string. It's free to go. So that's it. There's no more work left to do. With that original trauma, it doesn't mean you can't have five balls of goo in you. (laughs) It just means that that one is taken care of. It doesn't mean that there won't be more lessons about something else somewhere down the road. It doesn't mean you're done healing. There's, there's really no such thing as a perfectly healed human. So it's, it's a constant process. But like for me, the original, the, the original trauma was powerlessness. So yes, I can heal that. Right. And I've uncovered the original trauma and I've worked through that. Right. And there's still things there. There's all kinds of offshoots of that, right? But the original is done. Right? Doesn't mean I'm a perfectly healed human being, because I'm not. There's still tons there. It's just not that. Right? So it's that idea. You're going to go through that same process for yourself. And that's okay. That's how you do it. One of the things that keeps you stuck is the stories. The blame, shame, guilt, and victimization, because you're either going to bury your power in you or shoot it outside of you. Neither of those things work. Neither of those things are going to help you heal. 
You have to be able to remove the stories. The stories are what keep getting you tangled up in the balls of goo. The stories are what get you into trouble. Right? And the stories help you to create patterns and habits because now you have to cope with this thing you've attached to all your old trauma. So the stories help you create the coping mechanisms because now you've identified with it. Now you have more padding to wear. <laughs> now, now all the things. This is how you stay stuck. Right? So the more you do this, rip the band-aid off kind of thing and unveil all of those layers, the easier it gets to do because the mind realizes that nothing bad's going to happen, right? So those first few times you do it, the mind is just going nuts, right? The fear is, is off the charts because the mind doesn't know what it's, what's going to happen or what it's going to be when it's done, that process. The mind doesn't know. It's, there's an unknown there. The mind does, also doesn't know what it's going to find, right? That's the spiders in the, in the corner. It's the cobwebs, right? what's what's the scary what's the scary thing that's going to jump out of the corner of uh, uh, in the shadow there right the mind doesn't know what it's going to find and again with the unknown the mind's going to pr project pain there so what it's going to say to you is there's something bad to find there i'm going to find out that i'm a horrible human being right you're not the mind's going to do that to you to keep you from looking in the corner your job is to say that's not true I'm going to go look there anyway. And what you're going to realize is there might be some cobwebs, but there's nothing there to find. And if you keep looking in those corners, you're going to keep finding there's nothing there. And it's going to get easier and easier and easier for you to do it. This process gets easier with repetition. It's no longer an unknown. The mind knows what's happening. And so it doesn't object anymore. Repetition is your key. As you get better at cutting off the stories and looking in the corners, this gets easier, a lot easier. It's harder for the mind to object because it knows what's coming. It's no longer an unknown. And I know from my own healing experience that there's nothing scary in the corners. You're aware of your own experience. You're aware of your own, your own stuff. You already know all the bad choices you made. You already know all the crap you did. You already know all that. So there's nothing there to find. What you're going to find is the truth of why you did those things in the first place. That's what you're going to find. And that's not scary. What it's going to force you to do is just acknowledge yourself in your own pain and it, it's kind of an urkel moment yeah i did that it stops you from arguing with it and just allows you to kind of go yep i did that i was in a ton of pain i couldn't have done anything differently it just is the end it's full acceptance no blame, shame, guilt, and victimization. No more stories. 
doesn't mean that when you when you when you recall the memory it doesn't suddenly make you sad because again anybody can look at a picture and cry you can look at a sad movie you can watch a sad movie and you're gonna cry you can bring up the emotion that's easy to do but the emotion doesn't mean there's anything wrong or that there's anything to fix The emotion is just there. It's just part of the experience, okay? I, I, I recall the sad thing that happened and it makes me upset. Cool. Congratulations, you're human. Nice. That's it. So you look at it. Yep, did that. And now I understand why I did that and it doesn't make me a bad person. That's all it is. That's all it ever is. And when you can do that over and over and over and over and over again, you heal. And it gets quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker because you're not scared of it. You know what's going to happen. And you're more willing to accept what you find when you find it. You no longer need to argue with it anymore. You don't have to tell stories. You don't have to do blame, shame, and guilt and victimization. You don't have to. Those are optional. You can cut your mind off. You can begin to tell different stories that empower you, that allow you to heal, and that don't keep you stuck. They don't bury your power in you, and they don't throw your power across the street either. You have the ability to do this if you want to. You just have to decide. All right, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you like this episode, please consider like, share, liking, sharing, and subscribing from whatever platform you happen to be listening to me on. Don't forget to join me over on Patreon. I put these episodes up on Fridays for Patreon subscribers so you get access to them a couple of days early and they come out every Monday bright and early in the morning. Thank you so so much on Spotify and Apple iTunes and iHeartRadio and all over the place so go have a listen. Thank you so much. Have a good week everybody and I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to help support it, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at the Delaren. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to help support it, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at the Delaren. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.